If you would, please come on in and have a seat, and we can get started this morning. We want to welcome everyone to our final Sunday morning service here at the Boonville Church of Christ. Thank you for being here, being part of this service. As we end this year, we are so thankful for all of the good things that have gone on in 2023, and we are looking forward to a lot of great things to happen in the coming year. We welcome everyone to our service this morning. We come together to worship the Lord. If you would, please take that friendship register and pass it down the aisle at this time so that we can have a record of everyone's attendance. Would you bow with me as we begin in prayer? Our Father, thank you for all of the many blessings that you've bestowed upon us this year. And Father, we look forward to the coming year where we can do even greater things for you. Be with us and be with this congregation and help us to always remember that Jesus died for us. And it's only through him that we have the hope of an eternal life with you forever. All of these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. morning. Let's stand as we praise God together this morning. Hallelujah,
be seated. Next song will be Goodness of God. Gracious Heavenly Father, we again approach you, thanking you for all the good things you've given us this year. Father, we pray that you will be with us next year, that we will grow and be closer to you. 
Father, we also pray for the ones that are eventually being sick. Father, we pray that you be the ones that are tending their needs. And Father, if it be thy will, help them to have that portion of health restored they so desire. Father, we also want to bless our military, be with them, protect them as they protect us. Father, we ask you to be with Ken as he brings the lesson today that we will listen attentively in view of eternity. Father, we also ask that you be with our officials of a, of a country, that they will look to you for guidance. And Father, we pray that they will make good decisions for us. Father, we also ask that you be with us. Forgive us when we fail you. And in Christ's name we pray. Amen. You want to mark the invitation song? We come to the feast after the lesson. Song before the lesson this morning, we'll sing There's a Stirring. There's a stirring. reading this morning will come from Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me.
Thank you very much, Tristan. Thank you, Jordan, for the great singing. And thank you, church, for being here this very last Sunday of the year. Boy, this is, this is some opportunity you have in your hand right now to finish this year off in a spectacular fashion. And isn't it great that the last day of the year we can glorify and praise God together. A lot of you were here Wednesday night and after Bible class, we had a wedding. We sure did. If you weren't here, you're like, wait, what? You did? Yeah. A full-blown wedding with a reception, the whole business. I highly recommend to those of you who do such things occasionally that you do it this way. <laughs> it's... it's it's kind of that, you know, that um, very basic but precious event. And I just, I wanted to mention it because that was my son. And I had shared with some of you some of the trials and tribulations that we have had with them. But Wednesday night was just wonderful for us as a family. And when I say family, I'm not just talking about the few of us who are related Physically, if you were here, I made the point that you were on the family list. You are our church family. And we're just thrilled that you could be a part of that event in our lives. And for us, it's a, a step in the right direction. So we're just thrilled about that. And Brenda Taylor was sharing with me this morning about her niece, Susan Wood, she lives in Indiana, and you may remember a couple of months ago, Brenda went up there but was unable to see her. She's now in the ICU. She's in a coma with sepsis and just in really, really tough shape. And she would like us to be praying about her circumstances today. So there are, there are great things around us that happen. There are heartbreaking things, but isn't it great that we can rejoice and also sorrow together? We are never alone when we're in the family of God, and that is a, that is a precious, precious thing. Today we're going to be studying from God's Word, and I'm, I'm really challenging you from the standpoint of what is our emphasis today. Today is Mission Sunday, every fifth Sunday of a month that we have in the year. Usually there are four. We have a special contribution. All that contribution will go to one particular item that's of major concern for us. This year, there were five of those. And a lot of discussion went into exactly what would we do with this fifth Sunday. And when it was all finished, and the dust settled, <laughs> the determination was that we would dedicate today's contribution to mission work. And I have been mentioning that and others have been mentioning it throughout the month because we can do extraordinary things together through mission work. Today I want to challenge you in thinking about missions with this question, are you willing 
to go across the sea. Are you willing to do that? The text that was just read for us ought to empower us, at least empower our thinking, such that we believe we can do anything if the Lord is in it. But this really is where the rubber meets the road, okay? I want to know, are you willing, personally, to go across the sea? Before we begin, we're going to pray together. We're going to pray about Susan. And we're going to ask God to bless us in this time of our devoted concentration and meditation and worship in God's Word together. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we are thankful to you again for another first day of the week. This one's special because it is the very last day of this year. And I'm sure memories have been sparked in us to remind us of things that have happened through the year, but today is the very last day of the year. Lord, I'm just, I'm hoping that the culmination of all that's happened to us will come to a head today. That you'll bless us, that we will rise to the occasion, to the challenge that you are placing before us in this time of worship. Lord, we, we pray for Susan, who's very ill right now in the ICU. It's our hope right there alongside of Brenda that she'll come through this and uh, be okay. But just for now, we're praying that you'll bless those who tend to her, that they'll do exactly what's necessary to bring about uh, the strengthening of her body, overcoming of, of this setback. Now, Lord, I pray that you'll help us to focus. Help, help me, Lord, to be focused on the message that I have prepared for this congregation of your people, my family. I pray, Lord, that you'll help me to, to say what I've prepared in such a way that no one can go away saying they did not understand what I had to say. And Lord, I pray that all of it is in keeping with exactly what you want us to know. I pray, Lord, that you'll be with the hearers that even if I'm not up to the task myself, that if I fumble or stumble over words or just don't make sense, I pray, Lord, despite that, that your word will overcome it and that uh, despite what I might say, that your word will find its place where it belongs in their hearts. And Lord, I pray that today, when we conclude this, when asked, are we willing to go across the sea, every single one of us, without any qualification at all, will be able to say, yes, sir. I am willing. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're going to accomplish. In Jesus' name, amen. You ever been in the pool? Maybe you don't know how to swim. You're still in the pool because it's fun. 
and all the frolicking that you do in the playtime when it's hot in the summer. You ever did the, the chicken fighting, you know, where one person's in, in the water and the other person's on their shoulders and, and they try to knock each other over? Uh, that, that's a lot of fun. Or maybe, maybe you get in the water. You, you maybe don't even know how to swim, but you get in the water for therapy. I know that there are a lot of occasions where maybe you've got some weakness in your legs or you're healing from some surgery and there is the therapeutic exercise that you can do in the water. Water's, water's an amazing thing. But have you ever been in the pool? Maybe you were chicken fighting or maybe you were just playing around in the pool and you started drifting. You were in that area where you could just stand up and walk about, but... You've now drifted into the deeper part of the pool and for a moment you can still feel the bottom and then there's that momentary panic. And, and I have it, even though I'm a pretty good swimmer by now, there's that initial panic that you feel when you slip out into the water and can't touch the bottom anymore. Maybe you've been on the coast out in the ocean or maybe down at the Gulf, in the Gulf waters. Oh, it's fun to be in knee deep or even up to your waist and the waves come crashing in. Maybe they knock you down, but hey, that's, that's okay because you can just stand right up and get in there and fight those waves again. That, that's pretty exhilarating until you didn't really even notice it maybe, but you got out there just a little too deep. And again, even an experienced swimmer, there's that momentary panic when all of a sudden you realize you can't feel the bottom. You don't know how deep it is right here. What you've done is you have ventured into an area that is just beyond your depth. You have moved out of your comfort zone into a territory that you're not sure about. And maybe there is that momentary panic, but you feel afraid because there's a lot of that now that's out of your control. Even if you're a great swimmer, there been lots of stories told of people caught in currents in areas that were beyond their depth and they just could not fight the strength of the current and perished in the water. It can be very frightening. I'm wondering today what it is for each one of us, and you can take this very personally. I wonder what it is that hinders us from going beyond our depth when it comes to spiritual things. Going into those areas where we perceive that it's too deep, it's too hard, it's too much for me to deal with. Interesting thing about this text here from Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. Most people, when asked what's your favorite verse of scripture, they'll say it's this one. And it's empowering, of course it is. I can, and we all like that sentiment that we can do anything. And right here is 
Well, here's our empowerment. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do it. But, you know, Paul was speaking these words because he was expressing the sense of contentment that he had in the circumstances of his life. And previously he had talked about times that he had been in prison and times that he had been free. He found contentment in both. There were times when he was hungry and other times when he had plenty to eat, but in each of those, he was content. There were times in his life when he had nothing and other times when he had much. But the Apostle Paul said that in either of those cases, and in fact in every one of the circumstances that he listed, and so much more, that he always found contentment. Because contentment was not dependent on the circumstances. His contentment was resting upon a person. He was contented because of Jesus. Jesus was always with him, whether he was in prison or free, whether he was hungry or had plenty to eat, whether he had nothing or much. The common denominator, the thing for which he could always say, I am contented, was that the Lord is with me. I'm wondering today, about what it is that you intend to accomplish as a child of God. Maybe you've already accomplished a lot of things, but I'm not talking about where your comfort zone is. I'm talking about going beyond your depth, about that place that is too deep right now, that place that seems to be hard, that is too much. Maybe that thing that has crept into your mind, oh, if I had this or if I had that, I would be able to accomplish this thing for the Lord. What is that? All of us have something that just seems to be beyond our reach. This morning, I'm suggesting to you, in fact, I'm, I'm just going to lay a promise out there for you that if Jesus is a part of it, you will never be in a place that is too deep, too hard, too much. Because if Jesus is with it, not only do you have enough, you have more than is necessary. Jesus plus zero equals more than enough. So I asked you, are you willing to go across the sea? And some of you immediately would say, well, yeah, Ken, I am willing. I am, I am a willing person. Well, okay, let me qualify what I mean by willing. I'm willing to do what I think I'm capable of doing. I'm willing to do what even other people maybe expect me to do. And I'm motivated by their expectations. I'm willing to do just enough. I'm willing to do what will get me by. 
You see, Ken, it's like when, when I'm called to serve the Lord, I, I know the things that are required of me. And absolutely, yeah, I'm willing to do that just enough. Like, I mean, let's, you know, let's don't quibble about things. I'm not talking about incidental, easy type things. I, I'm talking about, you know, trusting in the Lord, submitting to him, submit to the Lord. You know, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your heart, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. He will lift you up. James 4, 7 to 10. I got that. I submit to the Lord. I, see, I'm all in right there. I, I want to I keep his commandments and I know what that entails. John 14, verse 15, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So I'm all over that. You know, I'm willing to keep the commandments of the Lord. And, and I love him. We, we just talked about that in a sermon. It's still fresh on my mind, right? Mark 12, verse 30. I'm going to love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. I'm all in as far as... As that goes, I, I am, I'm so willing. I'm willing to believe and confess. In fact, I know that if I don't believe in Jesus, then, boy, I'm in, <laughs> I'm in big trouble. John 8 and verse 24, Jesus said, if, if you do not believe that I am he, you'll die in your sins. And I don't want to die in my sins, so absolutely I'm willing to believe in Jesus as the Son of God. I don't want to lose my soul and I would confess him, sure, given the opportunity. Matthew 10, 32 and 33, if I confess him, he'll confess me before the Father. If I deny him, he'll deny me. I don't want him denying me, so of course I'm willing to believe in him and I'm willing to confess him. And, and you know what? I, I'm like everybody else. I make mistakes. So I'm also willing to repent of my sins. I'm willing to do that. Luke chapter 13, verse 3, and then he restates it in verse 5. Except you repent, you will all likewise perish. I know from that scenario that if I don't repent, then I'm going to be lost. I, I get that. And so... I'm going to have a repentant spirit. And even if I'm already a child of God, I still have that repentant mindset. First uh, John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. I, I got it. I commit sin, but I'm going to confess it. I'm going to, I'm going to repent. I'm going to, do, I'm going to do what I'm expected to do. I'm willing to do just enough to keep my salvation. Oh, and of course I was immersed to have my sins washed away. Wasn't that an expectation of the Lord? Sure. On the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter two and verse 38, after the crowd had been convicted and they asked men and brethren, what shall uh, we do? And Peter and the others responded, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. You'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for this promises to you and to your children and those who are far off as many as the Lord our God shall call. Absolutely. I'm willing to be baptized, just immersed in that water to have my sins washed away. I want to be like that Ethiopian eunuch. 
you know, he's heard about the truth and he is so willing. He says, see, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? And of course, Philip said, well, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And both Philip and the eunuch, they go down in the water. He baptizes him. He comes up rejoicing. Of course, I am willing to do that. I'm also willing to take it further. I'm willing, as I come up out of that watery grave, to be faithful until death. Because I know that passages like Revelation 2 verse 10 say to be faithful until death and I'll give you the crown of life. That is the Lord talking right there. The Lord's going to give me the crown of life if I just stay faithful, even if it costs me my life. Now, I Honestly, I don't want to have to die for my faith, but I'm committed to it. Right now, as I'm just thinking about it in the comfort of this auditorium with like-minded folks, as long as the threat is low, I'm willing to be faithful until death. I'm willing, even in an assembly like this, to worship God in spirit and in truth. Because I know the Lord is seeking such to worship him. John chapter four, verse 24 says that God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And I am willing to do that. Clearly I am because I am right here doing it. I am so willing even to sacrifice at least part of what I have in order to serve the Lord. Because he's the one who said, Luke chapter 9, verse 23, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Or a little bit later in chapter 14, verse 33, if you do not forsake all that you have, you cannot be my disciple. And you know, I, I, I get it. A lot, of, a lot of that has to do with his tone or the people that he was talking to. And circumstances always prevail. I, I just know that I'm willing to do my part. I'm willing to sacrifice as much as is necessary whenever the time comes. I, I, would, I would do that. I'm going to sacrifice as much as I can. I'm willing to do that. And you know what? I'm even willing I'm willing to study my Bible and to grow spiritually. And what I mean by that, Ken, is I know that it, it doesn't just end when I come up out of that water, right? I had all those things I was willing to do about my salvation, and I was buried in that water. I said I was going to live faithfully. But what I mean by that, let me just kind of fill that out a little bit. What I mean by that is that I'm going to be growing you know, I'm going to attend Bible classes. I'm going to study my Bible. I'm going to become more knowledgeable of the Word of God. And 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 5, says do exactly that. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Virtue, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness. Godliness, brotherly kindness, and a brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you'll be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you'll never stumble. 
For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. See right there, Ken, I am willing not just to become a Christian, but to be a faithful, quote unquote, Christian. I'm going to do everything that I think I can do. I'm going to do everything that's expected of me. I am going to do so much as I can do. And I'm going to grow and grow and grow. And that passage said that if I do it, I'm just going to bust the doors of heaven wide open. Yeah, I am absolutely willing. But the question wasn't just simply, am I willing? Are you willing, with all of that behind you, are you willing to go across the sea? Now, here, we're going to use sea both literally and figuratively. Literally, (laughs) hey, I would put it out there for you. If you would like to buy a ticket on a plane or on a boat and go across the sea to a foreign field, yeah, I'm all for it. Literally go across the sea. But for us today, going across the sea is also going to represent the idea of going beyond our depth. To go to that place that we've probably already identified, that we see as too deep, too hard, too much. Ken, I've I've done all the things that the Lord has expected of me. Uh, Let's don't be so quick to just wrap it up and put a bow on it right there. Because the Lord isn't expecting us just to stay in the kiddie pool. He isn't expecting us to stay where our feet are always touching the bottom, where we feel safe. God has called us so many times over, and probably you even have in your memory, that opportunity of a thing that has come and gone because you just simply would not act. It was too fearful. It was too too terrifying. Today I'm asking you, Can you not go across the sea? Can you not not go into the deeper end, even if your feet can't touch the bottom? I know that there are people in Scripture who were very able, as you and I are able. I would qualify the ableness in terms of what we just referenced. I am the total package. I've obeyed the Lord in so much as the things that were required of me with regard to my immediate salvation and the path that I'm striking for God. But beyond that, I'm just, I'm unnerved, to be honest. There are a lot of people in Scripture who are able, but they were un willing. Jonah is the classic example of someone who was able but not willing to go across the sea. In fact, in Jonah chapter 1 and verse 3, the scripture says that he fled the presence of the Lord. Why? 
Well, he was told to go across the sea to Nineveh. What did he do? We're talking about a prophet of God, right? This is someone who, at least periodically, speaks directly with God. He is God's representative. God speaks to Jonah. Jonah, you go to Nineveh. Nineveh is across the sea this way. And he goes in absolutely the opposite direction to Tarshish. I don't know if you have found yourself in that situation or not. You knew something you should do. You were able to do it. But not only were you unwilling, just like Jonah, you went in the opposite direction. For fear. In Jonah's case, fear he would be successful. How ironic is that? Peter. Peter was more than able. Wasn't Peter more than able? Peter's the great confessor of Jesus Christ. Peter is the one who stands up on the day of Pentecost. He's the primary focus of the gospel being preached for the first time. It's Peter who takes the gospel, not just to the Jews on that occasion, but to the Gentiles in the case of Cornelius. Peter is, well, he's the little rock. He's the pebble. Peter, in Matthew chapter 14, verse 30, he was able and willing for a time, to step out of the boat and to walk on the water to Jesus. But as he began his journey, he saw the boisterous nature of the winds around him and he began to sink. He was able, but because of his lack of faith, became unwilling I don't know if you've been in this boat or not. You started out okay. But something about this journey with Jesus, something about this particular task unnerved you and you took your eyes off of Jesus. Maybe you made the whole thing about you. And then the wheels fell off. It discouraged you. And maybe because of that, you've never tried again. Oh, you were able and you were willing, but ultimately became unwilling. There's the story of the rich young ruler. Matthew chapter 19, verse 22 is going to be our particular reference. But in that story, here's a guy who comes to Jesus and he's already checked off all the responsibilities. I have kept every law, every single one. And Jesus says, wow, that's amazing. Then you know what? All you got to do now is sell all that you have, give to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven. Come follow me. And so here at verse 22, we find out that was the end of that. He went away sorrowful. Why? Because he had great possessions. He could not cross the sea of his own possessions. Oh, he was able. And he was willing. He approached Jesus. 
But ultimately, the one thing that he could not let go of is the one thing that caused him to lose sight of his goal. And maybe, maybe you've been there. Maybe there's just something that has become too important in your life to let go for Jesus. But I got good news. There, there are also some amazing stories in the scriptures. People who were both able and willing. Let's go check out another prophet. This time it's Isaiah. Isaiah is undone. The king is dead and I'm sure his whole world is crumbling around him. It is like desperate times. But in Isaiah chapter 6, he sees the Lord sitting on his throne. And having been unnerved in the presence of the Lord and falling down on his face and admitting his own sinfulness, he is cleansed of his sin. And so now he is at a moment in which he is as empowered spiritually as he could possibly be. What will I do with all this power and this potential? And the Lord issues a challenge. Whom shall I send? And who shall go for us? You know, Isaiah did not quibble. He did not look backwards to the way things had been or to the challenges that he was facing immediately. All he did was realize, my sins have been forgiven. I have no excuse. I am able and I am willing. Lord, here am I. Send me. There's this guy by the name of Paul. Paul had every reason, although able, to say, I'm not willing because, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I've got way too much baggage. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9, he said, I am the least of the apostles. I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. And it's really because of those very same actions that he says in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15, I am the chief of sinners. Now maybe you can relate with the apostle Paul right there. I've got baggage. I've got a history. Yeah, I obeyed the gospel and I know logically, I know in my mind that my sins were washed away, but you know, I just, I think the Lord can't really use me because I've just got such a terrible history behind me and I just, you know. Do you think Paul let that stop him from going across the sea? The apostle Paul went across sea after sea after sea. In fact, he gets frustrated with his opponents in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And he asks, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they sons of Israel? So am I. Are, are they ministers of Christ? I, I speak as a fool, I am more. And labor's more abundant and stripes more frequently and deaths often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of waters, 
in perils of robbers, in perils among countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil and sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirsting and fasting and often, in cold and nakedness. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Who is not weak and I am not made to stumble? He said, if I'm going to boast, I'm going to boast in the things that concern my infirmities, the weakness, the besetting things, the things that most people use as excuses. He said, I'll rejoice in that. And how could he? Well, it's because he wasn't bearing that burden anymore. He was the very epitome of what we just saw from Philippians 4, 13. Yes, I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can endure the beatings. I can endure the shipwrecks and, and the, the persecutions from my own brethren. I can deal with that because when I'm with Jesus, I'm empowered. I'm in the majority. I can do it all through him who strengthens me. Well, of course, you know, the ultimate example of the one who not only was able but willing is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Jesus left the glories of heaven to come and be among us so that he might become the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being one accord and one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, become obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, those in heaven, those on earth, those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus gave up heaven for you and me so that you and I could touch the bottom without fear. I, I was just wondering today, are you willing to cross the sea? Are you willing to put that hindrance aside that keeps you from going beyond your depth? To do that thing that has always just been beyond, that is too deep and too hard and too much. Today I'm telling you that is not true. There is nothing beyond the doing of a faithful child of God when the Lord is by his side. 
Philippians 4, 13, our favorite verse for today. I can, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It is the power of Jesus in you that makes it possible. Let us not back down from any challenge, but rise up. Why? Because it isn't what's on the outside that is making the difference. It is what is planted on the inside that makes all the difference. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Today, are you willing to go deeper, to step off into that fearful place with the Lord by your side? Because I promise you that God with it will ultimately bring success. You, every single one of you, can cross that sea today. Do we need help about that? Do we need to pray about it? You know that we'll take whatever time is necessary to pray that God will empower you on this incredible quest that you have just taken. If you're not a child of God today, the very last day of this year could be the greatest year of your life. That moment when you let Jesus wash all those sins away in your obedience to his gospel. Today, if you need to respond to that or ask for prayer and encouragement, now is your opportunity. Why don't you come if you need to while we stand together and sing. All things are ready.
unto thee, O Lord. Do I lift up my
needs a Lord's Supper emblem, the ushers are coming around at this time, just please raise your hand. As we prepare our hearts and our minds to protect the Lord's Supper, we'll be reading Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 40. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great command, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. A few weeks ago, Ken did a sermon on on that that really pricked me uh, Monday Walked around all day thinking about loving the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. That Monday night, I saw him at Claire's ball game, sat down by him. And ultimately, what that verse is saying is God wants it all, our entire being. But then I got to thinking, man, you look around, 
You don't see that. Where can I find that? Well, the greatest example I've found is if you look at Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus knows what's coming. He's known what's coming. He goes a little further to pray. And he asks God, he says, Lord, if this cup can pass from me, please do so. But not your will be done, but mine. We say that. Jesus meant it. In that moment, both of those things he embodied. His love for God was so strong, he was going to do God's will. But don't forget that second command. His love for us was so strong that he was willing to go to that cross. And not because we deserved it. His love was that strong for us because he loved us. And so today, more plans and resolutions will be made than any other time the rest of the year. If you're making one, be resolute to love more this year. Let's remember our Savior. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this bread which represents Christ's body and the sacrifice that he made for us on the cross of Calvary. Our prayer is that we partake of it in a manner that's pleasing unto you. In Jesus' name, amen. Bow with me. Heavenly Father, likewise, we thank you for this cup, which represents the blood that Christ shed. Our prayer is that we partake of it in a manner that's pleasing unto you. In Jesus' name, amen. Sing one verse of Count Your Blessings. When upon less bills you are turned this when you are
as we <clears throat> once again come to worship God, our Creator, and Jesus, our Lord and Savior, as we reflect again upon all the things that we have been given, both spiritually and materially, let us use this as a time to reflect upon that, but also as we're instructed in the Word to give of our means to do so without grudgingly and not of necessity. And let us remember why we are doing it as well. And with that a thought in mind, let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come, we come grateful, we come thankful for being able to assemble here this day to be able to take part in this worship and as we come to this portion where we give of our means, may we do it sincerely and may we do it in such a way that will be pleasing unto you and may wisdom be granted when it comes time to disperse these funds and may the best possible use of them be made and so that your work and your mission may continue. And it's for this that we ask, and in Christ's name, amen. you are visiting with us, we welcome you to the worship services of the Church of Christ that meets in Boonville. If you have not filled out a visitor's card, we invite you, encourage you to do that. And if you have heard anything about which you have a question, uh, please uh, stop us, stop one of us and ask us that. We'd love to talk with you more about any questions that you have. We had 328 in worship today. Uh, what a blessing it is to be here today. Amen? Uh, sympathy is extended. I have several announcements, so bear with me. Sympathy is extended to Doug Smith in the death of his dad, Kelby Smith, this past Wednesday. Uh, funeral will be Saturday, January the 6th at the Florence Boulevard Church of Christ building uh, uh, in Florence, Alabama, of course. Uh, visitation is uh, 10 a.m. and through 1 o'clock with the funeral to follow. 
Also, sympathy is extended to the family of Heath Morris. Heath Morris passed away Friday. Heath was, Heath was a member of the Beans Ferry Church of Christ and a, a friend of Ken Scott and Doug Smith. Heath was also a, a, a faithful staff member of the Maywood uh, Week 8, uh, I mean Week 3, excuse me, that many of you uh, uh, may uh, know him, and he was a, a good man. The Landmark Nursing Home devotional is today at 4 o'clock. Um, everyone is invited and encouraged to come to the chili soup supper tonight in the annex following the evening classes. Please bring lots of chili soup, sides, desserts, and uh, plan to have a great time of fun and fellowship. Attention, uh, all Ladsta leaders, Good Samaritans, um, those who signed up for it and who want to be a part of that and anyone else who would like to help, Please meet in the auditorium on Friday, January the 5th at 11 o'clock, 11 a.m. Lunch will be provided. We'll be, we will be changing our pew Bibles, so lots of help is needed. See Bridget Williams for more information. Also, if you looked at the bulletin, there is a family skate night on Sunday, January the 14th. I believe that's before a, a holiday for the, the school kids. That's ice skating at the Cadence Bank Arena in Tupelo following the evening classes. More details to follow. I realized I had reached that certain age when I read the bulletin this morning, Jeremy, because the very first thought I had when I read that was, oh good, another opportunity to hurt myself. Uh, uh, but I know that will be uh, fun. I have a card I want to read. Uh, Dear church family, it was so thoughtful of you to remember me with a fruit basket for the holiday. It was such a nice variety of fruits, and I am enjoying it so much. I admire and appreciate the vast number of good works you all participate in and pray God's richest blessings uh, on you in Christian love, uh, Betty Bramlett. This, uh, this uh, Wednesday night, uh, usually uh, the first Wednesday night after a fifth Sunday, the, there will be a congregational singing uh, in the auditorium, all classes from the third grade up, we'll meet in the auditorium on Wednesday night. So second grade and down, we'll go to class. Everyone else will meet for a period of worship and song. If uh, you are interested in leading a song, please see Jeremy Jones today. If you have a request uh, for a song to be led Wednesday night, please give it to Jeremy uh, today. I have two more, I think. Uh, Many of you may be aware that Aaron got up sometime back and mentioned that the congregation here was uh, in the process of considering having a, a summer intern, a youth intern, to, to help uh, Drew and others during the busy time in the summer. And a committee was put together to begin that search. And so I just want to make you aware that uh, we are interviewing that committee is one of those candidates today at three. His name is Michael Anderson. He is a sophomore at Freed. Uh, he will uh, also be here for the 5 o'clock classes. We ask him to stay uh, so that you'll get a chance to, uh, to meet him and to see him, and I'm uh, hoping he'll stay for the chili supper after. So I wanted to make you aware of that. Also, you notice in the bulletin that the Maywood Christian Camp 2024 registration opens tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Uh, especially if you intend to go week three, Tony Brown's week, that fills up probably by... Uh, I'm going to say by 10.30, all the slots will be full. So if you intend to um, register for that, you need to do that. Of course, all the registration opens tomorrow. Remember, you must register online. 
Now, with that said, I, I want to make this as brief as possible. The elders tasked me with kind of streamlining. Um, as you know, historically, the church here will pay half for one of our young people. Any of the young people that are associated with this congregation will pay half to go to a summer camp during the summer, whether that is Mid-South uh, or Maywood Week 3 or Maywood Week 8. Now, Horizons is a different uh, situation. Uh, it's just, if you intend to go to a summer camp, the elders here, the church here will pay half. Um, we've not done a very good job record-keeping or streamlining that in the past. So, as you go out, if your child is going to Maywood and you plan to register them, there is a handout, one of these, back there. Pick that up and look at it. Uh, here's how that works. Uh, I'm going to use myself, for example. If I register uh, my child, I go back. When I register, if I intend for Maywood to, uh, for, excuse me, for the elders here, the Boonville here, the church to pay that half, you need to find that clipboard, find your child's name, and check which one of those you want that to apply to. And do that today, please. Or ASAP. I have it on the table in the back, and that'll be out there for two weeks. And after that, I'll move the, all of that over to the youth table. Uh, there is a code that you will put in. When you register your child online, when you go to check out, there is a place that says coupon code. There is a code for Tony Brown's week, week three, and a code for my week, week eight. Now, if it's uh, Mid-South, we'll uh, handle that a different way. You'll put that code in. That code is only for young people that are associated with this congregation. What that will do, that will reduce your final uh, balance by half. And therefore, you're responsible for the rest of it, and then the church will, will pay what, they, uh, uh, what you intend for them to pay. And that will give us a better way of keeping up with it. Uh, I had a great idea last year for how to do that. It was a complete and total failure. Uh, so this is hopefully going to be much, 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 much better. But if you'll do that, we appreciate that very much. Now, if you'll stand, I'll dismiss us in prayer. Let's pray together. Our most gracious and holy Heavenly Father, we come before you on the bended knees of our hearts thanking you for this wonderful day in which we have been afforded the blessing to, and the privilege of worshiping you in spirit and in truth. We are so thankful for your Son, Jesus, for the blood that he shed, for the strength that he is. Father, we are thankful for those who responded to your uh, invitation today. We pray for their souls and their hearts in their continued service to you. Father, I pray that you'll bless every soul in worship today, that we will take thought of our own selves and focus ourselves to be better servants in the year to come if, if for as many days as you grant us. In Jesus' holy name, I humbly pray. Amen. Amen.